Hello and welcome to my podcast, Conversations with Cornelius, where I, Cornelius Patrick O'Sullivan, discuss, chat and hypothesize on all things from fatherhood, marriage, comedy and everything else in between. From time to time, there will be special guests, but mostly it's going to be me and some regular contributors, including my main squeeze, Noelle Patricia O'Sullivan, a.k.a. The Wife. So sit back, relax and enjoy Conversations with Cornelius! Tell us if you want, though. It's your podcast and it's your big day. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Conversations <laughs> with Cornelius. <laughs> welcome back. You, yeah, because they would have been here last. Oh, week. yeah. I'd imagine, anyway, if there's anyone listening. Um, Let him talk. I think the numbers are kind of... Uh, oh, here we go. <laughs> We're, they're in the high uh, 20s. Let um, him do an intro. I'm trying to. Yeah. Welcome back to Conversations with Cornelius, guys. My name is Cornelius, and um, it's great to hear you all. It's uh, episode 23, I think, uh, or see you all. They're not talking. It's great to hear them all. <laughs> yeah. You can't hear any of them right now. You see, what happened was, right, I had, uh, like, I, I came up with a lot of exuberance, and then I, w- I felt out in the car, I'm a little bit too hyper here now, and I had a small bit of a smoke, and it's kind of made the, um, the speech and the brain aren't c- operating at the exact same level. But that's why I'm having the Red Bull. And I think you're doing great. What I was going to say, would I be right in saying you're drinking Red Bull as well, which is also going to... Trying to balance it. Yeah. I'm I trying think to be you're normal. Doing great. I think you're doing great. And I mean that. Oh. I don't think you're doing that. Do you want to introduce us? No. I don't. Okay. <laughs> Just I w- get on with it. I, I, like, I <laughs> want to see... I, what I normally do is I have a little bit of a nonsense bit where I kind of go, ah, oh, like, you know, and I kind so of... So this s- isn't the nonsense <laughs> bit. No, no. <laughs> I kind of to come. talk about what's going on in the world a little bit, kind of like, uh, and I had like Bill Gates written down here, because um, he got Bill and Norma Gates. Is it Norma? I think, no. I think so. No. <laughs> it's, it's not I Norma. Think it's, I think it's Melinda. Melinda. Or Belinda. All right. I think it's Melinda though. Melinda. Apparently I just feel there's a Norma Gates character in there somewhere. You're thinking of Norman Bates from Psycho. Oh, am I? Yeah. Yeah. It's great to have That's a, a exactly cu- what you're thinking. It's great to have a custodian of my thoughts. Yeah. No. Well, and I'm just backing him up, you know. Thanks, but he he got divorced anyway or he's getting divorced. Norman so Bates. No, Bill Gates. Oh. Yeah, and he's wealthy. So she's obviously going to like get I heard get he was half. making passes at women in his workplace. That's what I heard as I well. I heard he's on a PUP as well. No way. To keep his PUP through the whole Microsoft thing, I think. A multi-billionaire. I, t- I, thi- I think, but I don't know. This state has failed us. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to bring up oh. the old fucking Israel-Palestine <laughs> kind of a thing then as well, just kind of lower the tone. No, small don't, bit, don't. You know? No chance of introducing The only reason I wanted to bring it up is because Israel, did you watch the Eurovision last night? No, of course not. Well, did the Israel song was fucking class. Would you like to sing it first, Con? Oh, Actually, was c- it? Can I say something just before we go continue? Go on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat my lunch. I know this. I know it's, it's, there's always some rigmarole with we, me, whether it's making sandwiches, whatever it is. I'm going to eat my lunch in silence, and I'm going to let you guys carry the baton for maybe five minutes. Oh, that's is that fine. Okay? Yeah. What are you having? Uh, I'm having. Am I allowed to advertise things? Yeah. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. So we've got a Kinsale Bay vegetable soup. Uh, we have <laughs> oat cakes from. Oh. Am I boring? No, it's I just I that you look straight <laughs> in my eyes as you said that <laughs> for some I'm reason. I, well don't I was know waiting for the pop. Oh, were you? Um... <laughs> We have oat cakes from Aldi, and we have cheese, mature red cheddar from Aldi also, and we have a pear for afterwards. Very decent cuts of cheese. You're like you're like myself. You're like, you know what, I'm going to have a bit of cheese here, and I'm going to be generous to myself. Like, if I'm having cheese, I'm having cheese. Yeah. Um, That's okay. half a block, I'd say, or a quarter of a Not block. At all. Is it a quarter of a it's block? It's a half a third. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, half a third. <laughs> it's a six. It's two quarters of <laughs> a full block. <laughs> anyway, guys, I'm going to leave it over to you right now. <laughs> Coming up on today's show, <laughs> and uh, I'll be so back in about five let's minutes. Let's go back to your Israel-Palestine claim. There I'm not. This is though. where de- all I'm going to say is right.
this is what they were. The first of all, fuck Israel, right? First of all, right. right? That's the first thing. But they had a, their song last night was uh, the the singer was Ethiopian, an Ethiopian descent. I was like, this is what they're trying to portray to the world. Oh, look at us! We're so fucking, we're so cool and woke. We've got an Ethiopian woman singing representing us. And they're not even European. They're fucking. It's typical Israel coming in fucking, t- taking her fucking song contesting spots. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't, I didn't see it going there, but okay. Because I thought you were beginning with... We didn't like get in, like. An, ap- an apology. They're sorry, not even sorry, European. Guys, guys, can I just say I'm so glad not to be part of this section. <laughs> I'm going to go back to my lunch. But I just thought he was apologizing for kind of settler colonialism, genocide, uh, and apartheid by saying they had a good performance in the Eurovision last night. But you're not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying their performance was meh, right? She was actually, ar- she was able to hit the high note right at the end. I think that's what got her in. Right. Um, but she's not even <laughs> fucking Israeli, like. She's right, from Ethiopian. Right. Anyway. Um, eye yoga. Have you ever heard of it? No. Any of you? It's Paul McCartney's going on about it now. It's supposed to be all the rage. What is it? it you're Online doing yoga? Y- no, eye yoga. Yoga for your eyes. Asta. Yeah, it's apparently it keeps your vision going much longer, you know, in your late <laughs> later years, and it stops the crow's feet. Paul McCartney, the Beatles fellas, on about it. No, sorry, guys, I know I'm supposed to be eating my lunch, but <laughs> I did okay. hear that there's something therapeutic about rapidly moving your eyes horizontally from left to right. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to do that here now. <laughs> Repetitive eye strain is, is on so the rise by all accounts. an absolute mound of cheese. <laughs> 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 in fairness, now he's only having one sixth of a block. We've established uh, that it's only Mr. Cheese, like. Let's. <laughs> I have to actually mention my sponsor now as well, right? The West yeah. Cork Beer Company. Um, and you're not going to introduce us. I. Well, okay. This. There. Th- you'll. You'll be introduced. Then. Okay. Okay. So the West Cork Beer Company, right? A uh, brilliant beer company down in West Cork, down in Clonakilty. They're very close to releasing the butter. None of you have a beard. I just noticed all of you. You butter. Beard butter, no, not Whoa. like not. <laughs> oh, not. <laughs> not butter for the toast. Yeah, not spreadable. Well, not cheese, mate. No, no, no. You're looking for a new type of cheese, yeah. The West Cork Cheese Company. He's a cheese monster. Go on, con. But yeah, get on to them. Get a, have a look at their website if you're looking for some beard oils, bams, all that kind of racket. They're the, they're the bee's knees. You they're don't have any beards, Dom, do you? Or do you? Come back to us, Dom. Guys, I'm trying to eat my lunch. Yeah. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, I had a beard for a little while, but it's it's very red. Right. Mm. And uh, I try not to cultivate it. Right. Okay. Did you uh, would you ever consider like I remember your beard it was very stylish now would you ever consider doing a kind of a 12 months I'm not touching this kind of facial hair vibe. Be interesting to see what it would look like. Well, he's a fear of red, I think. Oh, well, it? it's it's not so much the fear of red, it's the fear of messiness. Mm. I hate when my appearance is messy. Like right now it's bothering me that I haven't had a chance to get my hair cut. Okay. And I know the salons are back open now. Salons? Is that salons? Where men, is that where no, men go? No, no, uh, no. We would have said barbers. But the salons okay. might be back open. <laughs> yeah. No, they are back open because <laughs> I booked into <laughs> well one. You've booked into a salon? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that's not for your hair. For Guilty. Your pedicure. Well, they also might be. They also might be, though. But they are. Yeah, but they also might be. So, no, I would never leave my beard untouched. If, if I'm growing it, I would grow it out incrementally and shave it periodically to keep it full and lush. Mm. And I have to say, when you had a beard, you had it styled. I was always like... Yeah, stylish. When did you have a beard? Well, it was more kind of st- like a f- st- like a, a heavy stubble, wasn't it? It was like designer stubble. Designer I stubble. Right. Yeah. I, I thought of it as a beard. But I did too. It's not in the same domain as cons, and I think the key is keeping the neckline tidy. If you can keep the neckline tidy, you've got a tidy beard. Yeah. I honestly yeah. don't remember you ever having facial hair. What period are we talking? Eighties? The, the late sixties. Well, I was I watching said. a sketch recently. <laughs> do you know the one w- which is set in a five-star restaurant? Yeah. I have a beard in that. Right. It's just it's very subtle. Right, and it d- it's not it's not in the same world as cons. 
Mm. Guys, I'm trying to eat my lunch. Yeah, yeah. eat your lunch. He's trying to have a sixth of a of of a of a, of a, a square of cheese. Go on, Cron. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage. Today's guests, um, they're regular podcasters. Uh, Given me a lot of grief recently because they're not, uh, they haven't been on as much as they'd like. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so I bowed to the pressure to have them on this week, and they're going to be on again quite soon. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, Mr. T. Hickey and Mr. D. McHale. Yay! Hi, guys. Hello. Hi, guys. Great to be here, Con. <laughs> real, real, real good to be here. Real good to be here. Today we're going to talk. I want actually going to go straight into it, and I'll, I'll start with you, Ty, right? First question uh, I have for you today is we, we, we were walking up in the Ballyhores there a couple of weeks ago, and um, we got talking about iconic moments in our lives and the periods in our lives and we were talking about Italian 90 we were talking about f- the Irish football team and stuff like that and um, even though we were talking about football a lot of different kind of I suppose a lot of different emotions kind of emerged from the conversation and uh, I thought it'd be a nice a nice um, conversation to have on the podcast so what does the Irish football team mean to you oh man I, I, j- I just wouldn't know where to begin it's like it's such an important part of my life like everywhere I've ever been uh, when I became a, gro- a full full grown-up guy kind of walking around, like big Irish moments are, uh, big Irish soccer moments are totally intertwined with those big significant moments in my life. Like I was in Edinburgh doing the first time I ever did a play or anything meaningful outside of Ireland in my career would have been in Edinburgh in 2002 and it was the, s- the big summer of Saipan. Mm-hmm. And I was in Edinburgh watching the Ireland matches in, a, in pubs there and stuff and yeah, such, su- such, and I, I suppose even I'd have an interest in kind of Anglo-Irish relations, I suppose most people would know that about me, and that would have kicked off from football as well as opposed history. Like, Italian 90 got me hooked, I suppose, but I just remember the effect of being hooked in the qualifiers for the 1992 European Championship. That's where my obsession with soccer and the Irish national team really kicked off. Did we... France, we France beat us in goal difference in that they qualified. No, in goal. Was no, that was this that is, this 92? Before that, now this is um, so we qualified for 19, obviously done well. Everyone knows we got to the quarters, and for the qualifiers for 92, then which would have been in Sweden, we were in a group with ourselves, England, Turkey, and Poland. Oh, yeah, and we had a nice little side at the time. Mm. And I just assumed, I think, myself and that young chap there who's eating cheese to beat the band, Derek. <laughs> And myself, we'll be talking about you just get used to success. So, like, o- all I knew was uh, 88, I was just a kind of a little feral lad mm. kind of storming around. 90, I knew what was going on, all right, but I remember holding my dad's hand going in town. And there was like fanfare everywhere in Cork City, and it was like tricolours everywhere. And I was fucking lapping this shit up. How old are you, though? So, so, for 90, it would have been seven, mm. seven and a half kind of territory. And I Real formative years as oh well. Oh like. man, and I loved my dad as well, and I loved the kind of I loved Ireland, loved my dad, I loved people having a laugh. It was perfect for me, Italian ninety. And my dad had to point out like, oh, this we've never done this before. Like this is our first time qualifying for a World Cup, and I was like, fuck, this is. But what happened to me then was I just assumed this was the way it was always going to be. So I was obsessed, particularly in the qualifiers for ninety two. We'd beaten Turkey five nil at home. I remember there was the old Lansdowne Road pitch that was just in shit. They were like old kind of fucking amateur pitches at the time. Like we'd beat we beat Turkey away. We we were leading against Poland twice, but we threw away leads and drew both games. We drew with England at home. We drew with them in Wembley, but played them off the pitch. Now Quinn. Quinn got a little flick yeah. in the corner, yeah, Not and a goal. played them off the fucking pitch like a nice England side as well. Um. And in that period, I just assumed that we'd qualify for everything. It got to the last game. We were beating Turkey away. (coughs) John Byrne scored, I think. And England were losing to Poland. 
and I will never forget it if I live to be normal. George Hamilton came back on because our game finished up first and he said, disaster here. Lineker has scored late on. I think it could have been a penalty or something. No, maybe it wasn't a penalty. They scored anyway to draw against Poland, which meant that England qualified for 92 and we didn't because there was only one qualifier at the time. <sighs> and I went out into the kitchen and I bawled my fucking eyes out. And at that moment, two things happened. I was obsessed with our The obsession with Ireland was definitely... And then I was like, who are these England guys? <laughs> 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 and why are they ruining my life? Fuck. And then... And then, Jesus, the history books had loads <laughs> more on that topic for me. <laughs> and then, if anything, the anger kind of came a little bit more deep-seated then after well, that, I, I suppose. I it started is. to kind of read into it then, what these little rogues were up to kind of long-term. Well, I had <coughs> I definitely had a different introduction. Um, uh, 80 s- 86 is when I remember first kind of Irish football. I remember on the news, Jack Charlton was took over in 1986. Interesting. And um, there was... up. I remember my father was like... No, fucking no way should there be an Englishman in charge yeah. of an Irish thing. Owen Hand was in before him. And we, we nearly qualified for the 82 World Cup. We actually lost yes. out in goal difference in that. Yes. And then we we did nothing in the Euros and, and for the 86 World Cup we didn't qualify either. But um, So you remember pre-success? I rem- I just remember Jack Charlton coming in, but I actually remember him coming in and then the ne- that, that was controversial. And then I remember he was controversial because he was like, the, he really hounded down on the grandparent rule you yeah, know if you yeah. if you were a grandparent or a, some sort of a leg in the door like you got Ray Houghton now and Mick McCarthy and stuff like that uh, and then I do remember I have to say I do remember Euro 88 but what I remember about it was I remember my uh, going back to my grandmother's house and my uncle bringing in a big 32 or a 42 inch screen that he'd bu- got a loan from the credit union to get and everyone was coming over to watch the match over in the house wow. and there was fierce atmosphere and we're gonna I'm and obviously, we 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 beat that English, and that mm. was a great English team: Beardsley, yeah. Lineker, John yeah. Barnes, um, like what's your name, Terry Butcher, like Peter Shilton, Bobby really Robson coach, and Brian Robson to be semi finalists in the World Cup only two years later. So that was a super. That was actually one of the best England teams in the last 30, 40 years, eh? And and like they were kind of tipped to win that to, to to go far in that tournament. Yeah. And then lowly Ireland come along and. Ray Houghton and yeah. next thing the Scottish fella he the Ray Houghton the Irish Scottish Scott. Well, can I come in with something straight away there? Do please. Were we lowly like because we, we were inexperienced? But like I think we've talked about this before. Like that was like you know most of the Liverpool squad were on show that day who were the probably the best team in Europe at the time. Well, I think we were lowly in terms of it was our first European Championship to yeah. ever get to experience, and, and we had great players all the way through the past, like Frank Stapleton, Liam Brady, John Giles. So we did have great players and I'm, I'm omitting people now obviously um, so I think we kind of we probably underachieved for a long time but then once we hit like we had a great that was a great tournament the 88 tournament like the next game we, we drew with the Netherlands Ronnie Whelan remember he got that shinner of a volley, volley kind of a bicycle sidekick that was uh, Russia Russia sorry yeah, yeah. it's Russia and um, then the Dutch and they were good in that game as well, well they played Russia off the pitch and the Dutch game, they were very unlucky. Seven minutes we were away from qualifying from that. It was um, and Paul McGregor the goal disallowed in that game as well. And it would have been straight through to a semi final. Back true. then it was only eight teams qualified, and if we'd have if we'd have say drawn the last game against Holland, we were straight into a semi final of the European Championship, top four in Europe, like. And that that was actually that w- that was a really really good side, like it really was. Like Paul McGregor was central midfield in that team, 
Like, and he was in his absolute pomp. He was, I think, he was he with United at the time? He yeah. probably was with yeah. United. Midfield, Midfield, centre back, wherever he yeah. could play anywhere. Can I just jump he in could with play something? Up front. So I've, I've, well, I still have to get my cup of tea, but I'll just jump in with something which it's is cheesy. Tracy, a forty-two inch TV back in nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah, they yeah. must be doing right for Bob's today. Well, I was thinking like that would have been a cathode ray tube. So the back of the TV would have been like the yeah, size of a small bungalow. True, yeah. It was huge. It was a monster of a yoke. And, uh, they must be doing all right for cash for day. He got a credit union loan for it. All right, all right. Credit union loan for it. Wow. Look. All right, I'm not looking in. And is the credit union doing all right for, yeah, credit all, credit for cash? Doing okay. <laughs> all you have to do is go in, <laughs> yeah, give yeah, them a few wow, bank yeah. statements, and they'll, they'll yeah. heart it out. Jeez, like, they you know? kept that quiet. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't. Oh, no, they've oh, been advertising oh, it for years, they? actually. <laughs> oh, did, oh, didn't they? <laughs> but um, it take, just to, to, to finish off then, that took me up then to the 1990s, which you've just kind of talked about there. And if you're kind of back... You like because when we were talking in, in the Valley Horrors, you were kind of saying, "Oh, I don't really remember 1990." Well, yeah. I'm going to give full disclosure, right? I'm younger than people think I am. I know Tig would push back on that and say I look older, mm. but I was born in 1987. So Italian '90, I didn't have a clue what was going on. Yeah, and even USA '94, it was something that my brothers were paying attention to. Yeah, they were going off with my father to the Four Lanterns. I think it was a bar in Castle Bar in Mayo to watch the Irish games in USA 94. Cool. So my first exposure to football properly in terms of international football would have been France 98, which, of course, Ireland weren't at. That's no. such a pisser, like, because you missed all the... So you just had uh, the like pain, really. I've so just got the pain. I've got... Obviously, we'll get into this in a little bit, but I've got 2002, mm. which was controversial, and then after that, just abject rubbishness. Yeah. Mm. So that's what I associate with the Irish national team, and that's why... Unlike Tig, I've never had this love affair with them. It's always just been like... Disappointment. These, uh, it, it's great to get together and watch an international tournament. They're going to be crap. That's not the point. The point is, let's all just watch on and watch Ireland and, and, and celebrate their attempt. They yeah. don't have a hope of winning it. And that's the way I've always felt about them. I mean, like the Ireland I grew up with as a, the national team, like it was... They were, first of all, so hard to beat. Like, I remember being in a pub <coughs> with my old man watching Ireland and Spain qualifier for the 1994 World Cup. And Spain beat us 3-1 and were 3-0 up at halftime. And the pub was in shock. Because in this period, Charlton, we never conceded more than one goal. If we conceded mm. a goal, it was like, all right, but fuck it, Cascarino's going to be at the back post. It'll be one all, like... And Spain scored three goals in the first half, and it was un unthinkable. Yeah, like he, he was the. I watched a documentary. There was a big documentary about him there recently. Mm. Um, and like Jack, a big Jack, yeah. Jack. It was beautiful, wasn't oh, it? Oh, was so lovely. The BBC one. Yeah, I thought that was gorgeous. It was. Yeah. It was beautiful. So poignant. And like he definitely, like I mean, look, he definitely had flaws, you know. But mm. like there was when when we were going back to when you were saying like you know lowly Ireland. Like he was, w he came in controversially straight away, upset the apple cart by not just picking Irish people or Irish-born and bred people, yeah. and then turned like what a lot of people would say if you listen to the likes of Eamon Dunphy. Like we had phenomenal talent, but he pl made us play in a real rudimentary way, put him under pressure, long ball, that kind of vibe. But he got results and he, he lifted the nation. He did. Watching that documentary, actually, for me now. I think this narrative of like he got us playing backward football and we had all these kind of superstars and stuff like I think it's a bit reductive as well. I think he came in, he knew fucking well what he was doing. Like the documentary revealed that like he had a system. Okay, the system was on paper not the purest way of playing, but like 
say the Italian successful Italian teams of the seventies and eighties, like they weren't fucking pretty to watch. So they were kicking the shit out of people. Mm. He just went in. and He just, I think, uh, the mark of a really great person or great sports person is they uh, they look at what's available to them. They make out a system and they stick to it rigidly. I mean, the bravery to drop people like Brady and stuff like that. Like, I mean, that's even that Dave O'Leary. Yeah. Dave O'Leary, yeah. yeah. It probably took an outsider to do it as well. I also hate admitting this, but I wonder was it an, was it a cocky Englishman that we kind of maybe needed at the time as well because he came in without the baggage of the Irish thing. Of I remember I've only seen clips because obviously I wasn't born. But Ireland had some beautiful footballing sides in the eighties. We we're playing France off the pitch. We never qualified for anything, though. And we as a team, I think this is another point, maybe another podcast, but unfortunately we suffer from an inferiority complex when it comes to team sports, whereas a big, bullish, charismatic Brit is never going to have that problem. Kind of a Terry Venables kind of a vibe. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny you should say that because the the coach we have at the moment, I like what he's trying to do, but I kind of fear that the job is too big for him, if you know what I'm saying. Um. Because I do think that he's trying to play the game the way it's moved forward now, the way that like well, like possession based, um, like patient build up from the back vibe. But can I ask you something there, Conrad? Because I've watched a few of the fixtures over the last couple of months. My initial concern was okay. Well, he doesn't have enough time with the players to implement his system, because as an international coach, you get maybe what a couple of days with them at a, yeah. at a time. But then I watch the players play with their club sides and I'm like they're all playing this style of football mm. if they're playing in the Premier League or yeah. even at the top of the Championship they're playing possession based football mm-hmm. and they have to be great footballers why as soon as they put on the green jersey does that all go away I worry does that come back to what I'm saying I think we it's don't have the, the players at the moment either to be totally honest I, like we've got some good players though like but if you compare the team that we have our current squad we'll say to the, ni- to the 02 squad or to the 1990 squad or to the 88 squad or y- like but they'd wipe the field with us I personally think that's why funny does then as well I think cause why does Callum Robinson look like a world beater when he's playing with West Brom oh he doesn't Dom uh, he's uh, been good he's been uh, he doesn't he's look been, like a world a beater though against Arsenal or Chelsea or whoever it was there's been a few games oh, this year yeah. now that I've watched and I'm like who's this young man I, I have we? To, it's just funny now I should mention Callum Robinson because I have been watching him and I've I've had the exact opposite opinion I'm like how is he getting picked for Ireland? He's actually like I per- genuinely I don't think he. No, I well, if you're having differing opinions, one of you has to be wrong. One of us has to be That's wrong. That's what yeah. I always think. Yeah, so we'll find out and we'll get we'll back to you. We'll find out later on. But I'd like to hammer my point home again. I think it's con, which is of course you do. Of course <laughs> oh you do, <laughs> mate. Oh, do I? As you're one to do, of oh course do you I? do. Oh I'm just gonna have go. a bit of Red Bull there, lads. Oh, do I? Um, I do think there's a mentality problem. I also think in the case of Stephen Kenny and I, I know we're talking nostalgically about football now as opposed to football today, but I t- I do think. I wonder, does he have the full support of the people around him? And I think the incident of showing a clip to get the players going in the build-up to the England game and someone ratting him out tells you everything you need to know about yeah. the kind of the inner circle there, like, you know? Yeah. Um. Obviously, I'm a bit biased, but I'd say I would imagine K- Kenny's a shinner. <laughs> and then I think they're probably all out to get him for that. And that's why I wish <laughs> he would oh, you. Well. <laughs> oh, do you? Uh, Kenny's a shinner. Black, surprise, surprise. <laughs> but I'll tell you one thing. Dom is right when he says... Surely we have the players to do. I think we probably have the players at the moment to beat Luxembourg comfortably at home. Yeah, I would I'd agree. I'd agree with like that. I'd agree with that. But I, 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 I don't think we have the players so to qualify right. for a major. Is, is that what we're agreeing on? Well, I, I'd agree that we don't have the players to beat Luxembourg, but I, I would disagree that we have the players to qualify for a major champion. 
in the next four to six years for a major championship. I, I, I can't see it. I just can't see the players there. I think you need a winner. Like, there's one thing. You see the early interviews with Jack in that documentary. He comes in, as you say, nobody wanted him. Again, no, I'm reading mm. stuff. I wasn't. Uh, I was three. Well, I would have been young. I, like, 86, I'm nine. Like, so, you know, yeah, yeah, that's when he comes in. I suppose nine is, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with being nine. No, no, I'm not um, having to go at nine-year-olds, like. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but he comes in, and in those early So I'm right, is that what we're... Ah, uh, you'd be quiet, cheesy. <laughs> okay, okay. He comes that's in... That's like that cahoot sketch. Cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> he's in the brown suit, and he's coming in, and he's, nobody wants him, and he's cock of the walk. And I think you need that, like, straight away, it was like, this guy's a winner. Who's the man for the Ireland job, so? Who's the man for the right Ireland now? job? Yeah. Jesus, Glenn I Hoddle. I'll be honest, mate. <laughs> I stopped following. This is an oh yuck. Because Glenn Hoddle needs to pay for this his sins in a past life. <laughs> yeah, by managing Ireland. I'll be honest now, Con. When I was a small lad following the Irish soccer team, I could have told you what the players had for breakfast. I yeah. was obsessed. For a long time now, I'm close to indifferent to what's going on in the football yeah. world, and this brings us back to the point. Of what's wrong with the Ireland soccer team now? Well, obviously the fucking the amount of money in the game in England and the influx of foreign players have meant that the Irish players now are playing their trade in the in League One or Championship. Well, as in uh, my era when I was starting to watch soccer, there were very few foreign players, and Ireland made up most of the best team in England at the time. But if I was to push back against that, why is a country like Croatia able to produce world-class talent? Croatia have a smaller population than Ireland, as yeah. far as I'm aware. How come they can produce world-class talent? And the Norwegian team at the moment is littered with, sea, like, uh, um, Haaland. With Norwegians. Haaland, your man, Ardengard, like, Ostengard, is it? The fellow's uh, on loan at Arsenal from... Odengard. Odengard. And there's two other lads that I can't think of their names. <laughs> littered. <laughs> but, yeah. But so so why what is it about Ireland that prevents us from producing players like that now? Because, I mean... We have produced them in the past, the likes of McGrath and Keane and Brady. Well, if they're not, if the players aren't getting access to a league next to them that's one of the top leagues in the world and they're not getting access to it because there's an influx of foreign players, they're not developing. But the Irish are foreign players. And what league does the do the Croats have to go straight into? Is their league better than the League of Ireland, though? I, I would venture to say that it is much better. So it's about having a, a bad domestic league. Is that I, one I would of the say problems? It, it, ha- it, has an, it has definitely something to do with it anyway. Because our domestic league is probably like the English league, or has been the English league, because our domestic league is absolute trite. I've supported. I went. I supported Cove Ramblers for a full season, and then I had to just almost... <laughs> oh, you had uh, to, I had, Like, you? my friend was their physio. Oh, and did I, you? So I went down, and I absolutely... Like, it was appalling. And then I went... To, uh, I supported Cork then for a couple of years. Not much better, like, compared to what we're watching on the television. And the players that are playing there, they're doing their best, blah, 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 blah. But, what, but, the but, stand what, the but what's your theory, so? Well, like I, why, I were we, why were we producing world-class players in the 80s and early 90s, and, and we're not producing... I would say league, the championship class players. Today. I think you touched a little bit on it a minute ago when you said uh, money, but I think the poverty. If you look at when we produced our best players as a country, we were actually oh. not doing as well. We were quite a poor country. There's like I see now with my own son Dylan growing up. He went to badminton. I took him to soccer. Took him to hurling. To football. He did drama. When I was growing up, it was like you. It was hurling or football, like hurling or Gaelic football. And if you were in, lived in a town, you had the option of soccer as well. And um, there was no video games. There was like, so I, I just see it now with the younger people that there is less attention or dedication to the sport. Even if you listen to the likes of John Giles, and I know he's a little bit old-fashioned in his in his ways, but like a lot of what he says is true. 
just out in the street kicking ball. When, like, we're inside near your house now, you live in an estate. Do you see kids out playing ball at 10 o'clock by the street lamps when you're coming in? Mm. Do you see it as much anymore? I don't see it. Uh, anyway. Yeah, that's not a bad point, actually. I think, I think you're right, Con. I think there's another element to it as well, which is I think the game has moved on from when Ireland were dominant in terms of their players. Like, in, in Ireland, at the grassroots level, the biggest and the fastest are still being selected. It's kind of the same in England or in, in the UK as well. It's still the big and the fast guys that are getting selected. It's still those guys that are being pushed on to the next level. We don't emphasize technique at all. Agreed. Mm. And it starts with the managers, I think, at underage levels. They're obsessed with winning. They want to win. They don't care how you win. They just want to win. And at that age, you shouldn't be obsessed with winning. Uh, it should be like, let's, let's get them playing proper football. doesn't matter if they win. They have to start playing proper football. Now, can you play proper football in a country that where the, the surfaces are just destroyed 90% of the time through rainfall? That's another challenge. So I think there are, mu there are multiple dimensions to it. But definitely, I think the game has moved on. The game is now played in the head. It's not played in the muscles. And the Irish, uh, in their domestic league and in their underage setup, are still playing muscle football. But there was it's it's a very interesting point. But there's there was loads of technically strong players coming through in the eighties though, like McGrath, Houghton, all these people were technicians. Would they be technically strong by today's standards or oh, back then? Hundred percent. I don't know about that. Hundred percent. Uh, Paul McGrath would definitely. Paul McGrath, Brady, Brady's Brady was unbelievable. Yeah. Europe at the time. He was he played with Juventus and what and Arsenal. No. Like no, Brady wasn't. No, I just think if Brady went on the pitch today, he'd be made a fool of. But if Brady That's controversial, but I think it's the truth. I also think, like, y you know, Pele wouldn't thrive in the modern game. Maradona wouldn't thrive in the modern game. These guys were playing a different sport, effectively. They oh. were, like, the sport Graham Soonis and Vinnie Jones were playing. That yeah. was a different sport. You've just made a crazy claim. Go on. Maradona. Maradona wouldn't thrive today. Go I don't know if he would. Oh, he definitely. Like I don't know if he would. He would actually. The he would game actually is so much more tactically sophisticated now than it was then that I don't think Maradona would thrive. Oh, I think you need more my cheese. God. Can I take another break, Con? Jesus. No, I'd say there must have been something in the cheese. <laughs> you know? So Is it gone off? Brady and Maradona were shit. Well, you're stuck in the past. No, you're misquoting no, me. Sorry, mate, but Diego Amanda Maradona was probably the greatest footballer of all. Like, put him in with Messi. But, but Con, greatest footballer of his time. In his you era. You can't compare Maradona <laughs> to Messi or Maradona to Ronaldo. No, you Pele can't compare, but you can, you, could definitely, you can definitely consider it and... If you look at what the skills that he had, and if you ever looked at Diego Maradona, he got absolutely annihilated on the pitch, and because he was able to go past people. I think that proves my point. Like they were playing a different sport. They so were playing against rugby players. So can you imagine him playing in a sport where that isn't allowed? Where the referee's going to protect him a little bit. And he's going to be able to do this. But he's also playing in a sport where defenders are now defending properly and not just buckling lads. And I feel... And schemes are set up to negate players. I feel he unquestionably has the natural ability to adapt yeah. to the new game in, I would maybe give him about two days. Dom, you're the most controversial person I've ever met in my whole entire life. I'm just life. making a point, lads. Diego Maradona wouldn't thrive. In the, like, that is and so I, I controversial. I need to stick up for Brady here as well, almost as ludicrous a claim about Brady. Because if you watch Brady in his pomp... Yeah, he was class I as mean, well. How much is Dom going to allow this guy from the past to adapt the modern game because you, you're just saying look the game has moved on but like okay in your thought experiment I'm does Brady have a new ball <laughs> does he have new shin pads or are you are you giving him the old ball 
Because if he, <laughs> if you allow them to enter, <laughs> I let them out of a new ball. No, but what I'm Come saying on. is, is your thought? Let, let's get champion. Let's get to the the rudiments of your thought experiment. Okay. Does Brady, he he turns up with his ability to the modern game? He won't last twenty minutes. Oh damn. This is just... He doesn't have the athletic he's, ability. He's, he's wa- this is just crazy That's stuff. crazy talk. Maradona might be different because Maradona had the raw athletic ability. Kevin Keegan might be different. And Brady, Brady doesn't. Brady has serious raw athletic ability. How much of Brady have you seen, mate? Very little. <laughs> <laughs> have you wandered into a ludicrous claim again with no evidence? <laughs> no. Brady I'm, I'm can't cut it. Have you seen Brady play? Chippy. Brady was taken from okay. the English League as an exceptionally gifted technical player to star... In the biggest European team of Juventus the day. With, with Platini. I'm just saying. And you're telling me he'd walk onto the pitch and I'd be like, get this guy but out of here. But if you took Brady from that era, he would have to up his game to play in the modern era. But again, I'm asking you to clarify your thought experiment. And I'm doing it. He's coming into the new era, though. Does he have new boots? Does he have a ball? He has He has a pair of Sika blades. <laughs> 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 this guy's head is gone. <laughs> Okay. No, okay. Uh, let me <laughs> clarify. I'm I'm deliberately being slightly controversial, but I also think we are overestimating the ability of players from the past compared to players of the present because they're almost like two different games. I think the level of tactical sophistication nowadays it's you can't even compare it. I agree. But, but I, I agree with that point. I but agree but with that guys, point. But guys, I accept all, and I'm gonna have to say it one more time. So we need to clarify the thought experiment, okay. though, because what I'm saying is, you take a guy with that level of talent back in the day, and you allow him to adapt to the new set of circumstances. Are you saying that, given I don't know a, a degree of time? Brady wouldn't be able to get his head around modern. Are you telling me at home to Luxembourg, we're one nil down, and Brady's like, no, this modern era is too difficult for or me. Or Stephen Kenny's like, you know, we've given him twenty minutes, take him off, take him off. Well, you see, I don't think Brady would have the time on the ball that he was enjoying back then. And I and I'm saying to oh, you, he'd adapt to that because he's such an incredibly gifted player. So an adapted Liam Brady might do well in the modern era, but not Liam Brady as he was playing back then. But does he have a new ball? But this is does my point. This jersey? is my point. It was like a different sport. So the fact that we're comparing them or saying like, oh, the players of the past generation were infinitely better than the ones nowadays, I think it's inaccurate. But you mm. said he wouldn't last two minutes. That well, I definitely I said, I said he'd be off after 20, 20 minutes. minutes. He's been whipped off after 20 <laughs> minutes. And this is just me taking him off after 20 minutes. And like, this is because I've seen so little of him playing. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> whoever this, whoever this Brady guy he's is, he's like Wei's cousin. He has to come off. <laughs> Dom comes on, falls off the ball, and Dom whips him off. There's 20 minutes to go. You look to the bench. James McLean is sprinting up and down the line, giving it 100 percent in the warm up. Chippy is doing a few kind of little little flicks. Well, that's a good example, right? Who you, who I you think James on? McLean would McLean McLean, whatever you want. Okay, I think it's McLean. Well, what is it, though? McLean. <laughs> <laughs> wow, guys, I'm on my own here. Schwimes <laughs> McLean. Whoever's listening to this. No, go on, go I'm on. I'm on my own here. We'll um, hear your rubbish out. Go on. He would have been a global superstar in the 80s. Oh, oh, oh this sick. is ludicrous This man stuff. is like... Have what? you seen was it soccer? Like? Was it like Kilmeadon? The one bit where I... We'll get on to Kilmeadon. The one thing that he's saying that has merit, if you take a game, for instance, like rugby, where the physical condition of the players has changed so radically mm. at scrum time, say, something like that. But if you're looking at a winger of Brady's physique and ability compared to a winger today, I'd give Brady a couple of weeks and he'd be able to adapt. He mightn't be the world beater he was in that era, 
But I think you're you're. Had he been born into this era? Is the question I like? Had Brady been born into this era? Uh, had Maradona been born born into this era? Well, then I they think just would be in this era. Well, you see, Mar- Maradona, I think <laughs> is different. Okay, I think they <laughs> can then we stop. Then they just be fair <laughs> just to be on. Yeah, but but can we stop talking about Brady? But this is a thought experiment. I, I haven't seen much of Brady, so let's let's stop <laughs> talking about Brady. Well, you're adamant about him, <laughs> though. If, if Maradona, <laughs> McLean is getting twenty minutes, and Brady's not. Like. If Maradona was born into the present era, I think he would be a success. But sure, okay. of course he would. Then he'd be a modern not player. Of course he <laughs> no, would. but then he'd be a modern player. <laughs> no, though. but that's not true for all players. Like I don't think I don't think a George Best what? would probably make it to professional football probably if he was not. born into the modern era. He'd have the talent, uh, but he would have the talent, but he wouldn't have the fitness or the dedication, or the mental strength, yeah. they would, like or the tactical ex- discipline. Well, what's expected of a but modern day player? I will give you. I will see to this. What's expected from a, a modern player is a complete is completely different to what was expected from Thank a player you. in the eighties. Thank you. But, but that Dom, doesn't I mean I wouldn't, I wouldn't be thanking him. I would. <laughs> I wouldn't be thanking him for anything. This okay. man is relying on a U- on a YouTube clip of Brady that I showed him. Like this, which and to be fair, he looked epic in it. <laughs> okay, that's game set and match. No, that's over now. That's over. I now. think I've made that's my point, guys. <laughs> that's a full circle there on Liam Brady. Um, he looked epic. I'd sign him now. I'd sign him right now. We're going to finish up. Before I finish up, I want to. I have. I, I actually t- touched on very little what I wanted to talk about, which is great. But I do want to ask you both one question um, before you go and just kind of answer the question and why. Okay. And okay. uh, so the first, I'll go. Dom, I'll ask you first. Okay. Your favorite Irish player of all time and why? Favorite, favorite Irish player of all time and why? The only caveat is you've had to see them play. Like, oh, uh, you so know, I can't so say Brady. Brady's gone. <laughs> we see no. again. Okay, I'm working from I'm working from 2002 onwards. Yeah, and that's fine. Um, I've never actually been asked this question before, and I've never thought about it. But off the top of my head, I really enjoyed Damien Duff. Mm. Yeah, good choice. He struck me as a an unlikely Irish player in that he didn't play the game like a typical Irish player of the time would play it. Uh, very, very technically good. Real confidence on the ball, which I don't think you see a lot in in Irish football. And very creative as well. Mm. So I'm going to go with Damien Duff in his pomp. And just, I just had none. Would he have made it in the in the seventies? <laughs> just Damien as a man, no. Just and I'm not being facetious. <laughs> Damien Duff would have been better than Pele. <laughs> <laughs> you're over, over and out. You're <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Trying to say a question to yourself. Well, it's not going to be a very surprising answer on my end, but I would say Paul McGrath, mm. and I, I would say. By the time I was full time into soccer, big time, come on Ireland, like the 94 World Cup, the performance against Italy, seeing oh. that live, well I wasn't in the stadium, but but seeing it live on the telly in, in Ellis's bar in Glabby Street and watching, like Baggio was probably the best player in the world at the time and McGrath had him in his pocket, yeah. but not... And this is an important thing with McGrath. A lot of people, and I say, Dom, they're now be very capable of doing this. It's like, you know, he's kind of a rough... Challenging sacred cows. He's a, he's a kind of a rough and tumble player. Like, you know, he's very gutsy or whatever. McGrath had all the guts, but it was actually a beautiful technician oh, as yeah. well. Like, And even, I mean, he was probably in his early 30s at that point and with dodgy knees. So he was on the way down. and he, But he didn't he still play for a couple of seasons after with Villa? Oh, he was player of the year yeah. for Villa, like t- a couple of seasons later. But I'm just saying, like, it sometimes gets forgotten that, yes, he overpowered Baggio and he had the belief, like, mm. of a lion, but he also had the technique. In that same championship, he gets a disallowed goal against Holland where we're 2-0 down. I think it's a little kind of back heel effort. Like, yeah. it was like, 
He could do it a all. Complete player. Like he would definitely. Like he, do you know who he kind of reminds me of is. Um, he kind of reminds me a small bit of Virgil Van Dyke. Like do you know when Virgil, yeah. Va- Virgil yeah. Van Dyke. Yeah, you, he's like a Van Dyke of that era, actually. Yeah, yeah. he's just. You never s- never really saw him sprinting, but he always was ahead. Like he was, uh, he had massive always pace, ahead. but he always was two steps ahead. Great in the air, just a natural athlete, brilliant and defender. I just say here now, in case he's listening, I love him. I, I love you too, Paul. So much, and I hope to meet him someday. He nearly came to my show at one point. Do you like? Do you like him? Yeah. I'm going to be honest. In the five you hate him. I'm going to be honest. Right? I, haven't, I haven't actually seen <laughs> <laughs> much footage. If McGrath of showed his face at Dom's five aside game Wednesday night, he <laughs> would last two minutes. Tyg showed me the YouTube clip of him dominating Baggio, and I was like, okay, this guy would probably be dominant regardless of the era yeah. because he seemed to have everything Not and the final thing I'll <laughs> say on Brady full disclosure is when I was imagining him on the pitch in the thought experiment I was imagining the elderly pundit <laughs> 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 kind of in in Georgie best style gear so like the big white 70s <laughs> kind of collar pa- passive aggressive kind of <laughs> glib remarks loose loose fitting jerseys and uh, passive aggressive <laughs> remarks uh, disclosure j- <laughs> very good Paul McGrath as well another thing on Paul McGrath like he was our best player in 88, he was our best player in 90. And up at Roy Keane, he was our best player with, in 02 as well. Totally. You I know? would say he did overall a better Ireland performer than Roy Keane. Like, Roy Keane was magnificent. Roy would be my, ch- would be my choice. And uh, the reason... I cause, And I thought about this. I was like... And, and Paul McGrath was... It was either Paul or Roy. And I was like... I just... And it kind of brings back to what you were talking about with the mentality... Roy just did not. I loved that what he brought to the Irish setup. Oh, I loved the man's mind. And like I just, I just absolutely love it. Yeah, and 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 like that game against Holland, and I know like fucking Saipan is like um, Saipan's probably another podcast. Really, yeah, we didn't honest. even get on to Saipan, yeah. so so we might even leave it. But like, or even Keane going Ireland going two 0 up against Holland in the qualifiers. I know he's obviously a massive part of the home game, mm. but we're two 0 up in the corresponding fixture for that cha- qualifying championship. And you, he's disgusted that we draw the game to yeah. all, and that's a market of man. Like yeah. Ireland yeah. should be, we should be winning, we should be beating Holland in Holland. And it was Love like that. I and I and like I'm I'm an Everton fan, but um, he was the captain of Manchester United, who were fucking dominating the Premier League, which is the league that I watched, and I was like, and he's from fucking Cork, like yeah. So a little bit, of, little bit, a little bit of bias there, but like. Paul McGrath would probably be right up there as well, but um, they're, they're three interesting choices: Duff, McGrath, and Roy Keane. I think we'll leave it at that, lads, because we're going shooting a sketch now. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Um, thanks, guys. Thanks yeah. so much for coming on, guys. Cheers, don't, guys. don't believe the hype is. And for fans of Liam Brady, I, on behalf of Dom, I'd like to apologise no. just once no. more. Well, no, he did clarify. Oh, no, I would, apparently, no, I wouldn't. No, no. Apparently, I wouldn't like no, to apologise. you don't get to apologise on my behalf. Well, apparently, yeah. I don't get to do things. We'll now. talk off air, yeah? If, we'll you're, off if air. you're looking for Dominic, he's on Twitter and Instagram at Dominic underscore McHale. If you're looking for Tyg, he's at Tyg Hickey on Twitter and Instagram. If you're looking for me, I'm Comedian Con on Twitter or Cornelius Comic on Instagram. Uh, rate, review and subscribe guys thanks a million thanks to my two guests I'm back again next week with some sort of a podcast I think you're all very nice good night God bless and uh, stand by the wall bye 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 bye, bye. Sure.